Paragraphs 40-47 through 47 of Contra Gentes by Athanasius of Alexandria. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 3 concluded. 40. The rationality and order of the universe proves that it is the work of the reason, or word of God. Who then might this maker be? For this is a point most necessary to make plain, lest from ignorance with regard to him a man should suppose the wrong maker, and fall once more into the same old godless error. But I think no one is really in doubt about it. For if our argument has proved that the gods of the poets are no gods, and has convicted of error those that deify creation, and in general has shown that the idolatry of the heathen is godlessness and impiety, it strictly follows from the elimination of these that the true religion is with us, and that the God we worship and preach is the only true one, who is Lord of creation and maker of all existence. Who then is this, save the Father of Christ, most holy and above all created existence, who, like an excellent pilot, by his own wisdom and his own word, our Lord and Saviour Christ, steers and preserves and orders all things, and does as seems to him best. But that is best, which has been done, and which we see taking place, since that is what he wills. And this a man can hardly refuse to believe. For if the movement of creation were irrational, and the universe were borne along without plan, a man might fairly disbelieve what we say. But if it subsists in reason, and wisdom, and skill, and is perfectly ordered throughout, it follows that he that is over it and has ordered it is none other than the reason or word of God. But by word I mean not that which is involved and inherent in all things created, which some are wont to call the seminal principle, which is without soul and has no power of reason or thought, but only works by external art, according to the skill of him that applies it. Nor such a word as belongs to rational beings, and which consists of syllables, and has the air as its vehicle of expression. But I mean the living and powerful word of the good God, the God of the universe, the very word which is God, who, while different from things that are made and from all creation, is the one own word of the good Father, who by his own providence ordered and illumines this universe. For being the good word of the good Father, he produced the order of all things, combining one with another things contrary, and reducing them to one harmonious order. He, being the power of God and wisdom of God, causes the heaven to revolve, and has suspended the earth, and made it fast, though resting upon nothing, by his own nod. Illumined by him the sun gives light to the world, and the moon has her measured period of shining. By reason of him the water is suspended in the clouds, the rains shower upon the earth, and the sea is kept within bounds, while the earth bears grasses, and is clothed in all manner of plants. And if a man were incredulously to ask, as regards what we are saying, if there be a word of God at all, such an one would indeed be mad to doubt concerning the word of God. But yet demonstration is possible from what is seen, because all things subsist by the word and wisdom of God, nor would any created thing have had a fixed existence had it not been made by reason, and that reason the word of God, as we have said. 41. 
the presence of the word in nature necessary not only for its original creation but also for its permanence but though he is word he is not as we said after the likeness of human words composed of syllables but he is the unchanging image of his own father for men composed of parts and made out of nothing have their discourse composite and divisible but god possesses true existence and is not composite wherefore his word also has true existence and is not composite but is the one and only begotten god who proceeds in his goodness from the father as from a good fountain and orders all things and holds them together but the reason why the word the word of god has united himself with created things is truly wonderful and teaches us that the present order of things is none otherwise than is fitting for the nature of created things inasmuch as it is brought into being out of nothing is of fleeting sort and weak and mortal if composed of itself only but the god of all is good and exceeding noble by nature and therefore is kind for one that is good can grudge nothing for which reason he does not grudge even existence but desires all to exist as objects for his loving kindness seeing then all created nature as far as its own laws were concerned to be fleeting and subject to dissolution lest it should come to this and lest the universe should be broken up again into nothingness for this cause he made all things by his own eternal word and gave substantive existence to creation and moreover did not leave it to be tossed in a tempest in the course of its own nature lest it should run the risk of once more dropping out of existence but because he is good he guides and settles the whole creation by his own word who is himself also god that by the governance and providence and ordering action of the word creation may have light and be able to abide always securely for it partakes of the word who derives true existence from the father and is helped by him so as to exist lest that should come to it which would have come but for the maintenance of it by the word namely dissolution for he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for through him and in him all things consist things visible and things invisible and he is the head of the church as the ministers of truth teach in their holy writings forty two this function of the word described at length the holy word of the father then almighty and all-perfect uniting with the universe and having everywhere unfolded his own powers and having illumined all both things seen and things invisible holds them together and binds them to himself having left nothing void of his own power but on the contrary quickening and sustaining all things everywhere each severally and all collectively while he mingles in one the principles of all sensible existence heat namely and cold and wet and dry and causes them not to conflict but to make up one concordant harmony by reason of him and his power fire does not fight with cold nor wet with dry but principles mutually opposed as if friendly and brotherly combine together and give life to the things we see and form the principles by which bodies exist obeying him even god the word 
things on earth have life, and things in the heaven have their order. By reason of him, all the sea and the great ocean move within their proper bounds, while, as we said above, the dry land grows grasses, and is clothed with all manner of diverse plants. And, not to spend time in the enumeration of particulars, where the truth is obvious, there is nothing that is and takes place, but has been made and stands by him and through him, as also the divine says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made. For just as though some musician, having tuned a lyre, and by his art adjusted the high notes to the low, and the intermediate notes to the rest, were to produce a single tune as the result, so also the wisdom of God, handling the universe as a lyre, and adjusting things in the air to things on the earth, and things in the heaven to things in the air, and combining parts into wholes, and moving them all by his beck and will, produces well and fittingly, as the result, the unity of the universe and of its order, himself remaining unmoved with the Father, while he moves all things by his organizing action, as seems good for each, to his own Father. For what is surprising in his Godhead is this, that by one and the same act of will he moves all things simultaneously, and not at intervals, but all collectively, both straight and curved, things above and beneath and intermediate, wet, cold, warm, seen and invisible, and orders them according to their several nature. For simultaneously at his single nod what is straight moves as straight, what is curved also, and what is intermediate follows its own movement. What is warm receives warmth, what is dry, dryness, and all things according to their several nature are quickened and organized by him, and he produces as the result a marvelous and truly divine harmony. 43. Three similes to illustrate the word's relation to the universe. And for so great a matter to be understood by an example, let what we are describing be compared to a great chorus. As then the chorus is composed of different people, children, women again, and old men and those who are still young. And when one, namely the conductor, gives the sign, each utters sound according to his nature and power, the man as a man, the child as a child, the old man as an old man, the young man as a young man, while all make up a single harmony. Or, as our soul at one time moves our several senses, according to the proper function of each, so that when some one object is present, all alike are put in motion, and the eye sees, the ear hears, the hand touches, the smell takes in the odor, and the palate tastes, and often the other parts of the body act too, as for instance if the feet walk. Or to make our meaning plain by yet a third example, it is as though a very great city were built, and administered under the presence of the ruler and king who has built it. For when he is present and gives orders, and has his eye upon everything, all obey. Some busy themselves with agriculture, others hasten for water to the aqueducts, another goes forth to procure provisions, one goes to senate, another enters the assembly, the judge goes to the bench, and the magistrate to his court. The workman likewise settles to his craft, the sailor goes down to the sea, 
the carpenter to his workshop, the physician to his treatment, the architect to his building, and while one is going to the country, another is returning from the country, and while some walk about the town, others are going out of the town and returning to it again. But all this is going on and is organized by the presence of the one ruler, and by his management. In like manner, then, we must conceive of the whole of creation, even though the example be inadequate, yet with an enlarged idea. For with the single impulse of a nod, as it were, of the word of God, all things simultaneously fall into order, and each discharge their proper functions, and a single order is made up by them all together. 44. The similes applied to the whole universe, seen and unseen. For by a nod and by the power of the divine word of the Father that governs and presides over all, the heaven revolves, the stars move, the sun shines, the moon goes her circuit, and the air receives the sun's light, and the ether his heat, and the winds blow, the mountains are reared on high, the sea is rough with waves, and the living things in it grow, the earth abides fixed and bears fruit, and man is formed and lives and dies again, and all things whatever have their life and movement, fire burns, water cools, fountains spring forth, rivers flow, seasons and hours come round, rains descend, clouds are filled, hail is formed, snow and ice congeal, birds fly, creeping things go along, water animals swim, the sea is navigated, the earth is sown and grows crops in due season, plants grow, and some are young, some ripening, others in their growth become old and decay, and while some things are vanishing, others are being engendered, and are coming to light. But all these things and more, which for their number we cannot mention, the worker of wonders and marvels, the word of God, giving light and life, moves and orders by his own nod, making the universe one. Nor does he leave out of himself even the invisible powers, for including these also in the universe, inasmuch as he is their maker also, he holds them together and quickens them by his nod and by his providence. And there can be no excuse for disbelieving this. For as by his own providence bodies grow, and the rational soul moves and possesses life and thought, and this requires little proof, for we see what takes place. So again the same word of God, with one simple nod, by his own power moves and holds together both the visible universe and the invisible powers, allotting to each its proper function, so that the divine powers move in a diviner way, while visible things move as they are seen to do. But himself being over all, both governor and king and organizing power, he does all for the glory and knowledge of his own Father, so that almost by the very works that he brings to pass he teaches us, and says, By the greatness and beauty of the creatures, proportionably, the maker of them is seen. 45. Conclusion Doctrine of Scripture on the Subject of Part 1 For just as by looking up to the heaven and seeing its order, and the light of the stars, it is possible to infer the word who ordered these things. So by beholding the word of God, one needs must behold also God his Father, proceeding from whom he is rightly called his Father's interpreter and messenger. And this one may see from our own experience. For if when a word proceeds from men, 
we infer that the mind is its source, and, by thinking about the word, see with our reason the mind which it reveals. By far greater evidence, and incomparably more, seeing the power of the word, we receive a knowledge also of his good Father, as the Saviour himself says, He that has seen me has seen the Father. By this, all inspired scripture also teaches more plainly and with more authority, so that we in our turn write boldly to you as we do, and you, if you refer to them, will be able to verify what we say. For an argument, when confirmed by higher authority, is irresistibly proved. From the first, then, the divine word firmly taught the Jewish people about the evolution of idols, when it said, You shall not make to yourself a graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or in the earth beneath. But the cause of their evolution another writer declares, saying, The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the works of men's hands. A mouth have they, and will not speak. Eyes have they, and will not see. Ears have they, and will not hear. Noses have they, and will not smell. Hands have they, and will not handle. Feet have they, and will not walk. Nor has it passed over in silence the doctrine of creation. But knowing well its beauty, lest any attending solely to this beauty should worship things as if they were gods instead of God's works, it teaches men firmly beforehand when it says, And do not, when you look up with your eyes and see the sun and moon and all the hosts of heaven, go astray and worship them, which the Lord your God has given to all nations under heaven. But he gave them not to be their gods, but that by their agency the Gentiles should know, as we have said, God the maker of them all. For the people of the Jews of old had abundant teaching, in that they had the knowledge of God not only from the works of creation, but also from the divine scriptures. And in general, to draw men away from the error and irrational imagination of idols, he says, You shall have none other gods but me. Not as if there were other gods does he forbid them to have them, but lest any, turning from the true God, should begin to make himself gods of what were not, such as those who in the poets and writers are called gods, though they are none. And the language itself shows that they are no gods, when it says, You shall have none other gods, which refers only to the future. But what is referred to the future does not exist at the time of speaking. 46. Doctrine of Scripture on the subject of Part 3. Has, then, the divine teaching, which abolished the godlessness of the heathen or the idols, passed over in silence and left the race of mankind to go entirely unprovided with the knowledge of God? Not so. Rather, it anticipates their understanding when it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. And again, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your strength. And again, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve, and shall cleave to him. But that the providence and ordering power of the word also, over all and toward all, is attested by all inspired scripture. This passage suffices to confirm our argument, where men who speak to God say, You have laid the foundation of the earth, and it abides. The day continues according to your ordinance. And again, Sing to our God upon the harp, that covers the heaven with clouds, that prepares rain for the earth, 
that brings forth grass upon the mountains, and green herb for the service of man, and gives food to the cattle. But by whom does he give it, save by him through whom all things were made? For the providence over all things belongs naturally to him by whom they were made. And who is this, save the word of God, concerning whom in another psalm he says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he tells us that all things were made in him and through him. Wherefore he also persuades us, and says, He spoke, and they were made, he commanded, and they were created. As the illustrious Moses also at the beginning of his account of creation confirms what we say by his narrative, saying, And God said, Let us make man in our image, and after our likeness. For also when he was carrying out the creation of the heaven and earth and all things, the Father said to him, Let the heavens be made, and let the waters be gathered together, and let the dry land appear, and let the earth bring forth herb and every green thing, so that one must convict Jews also of not genuinely attending to the Scriptures. For one might ask them, To whom was God speaking? To use the imperative mood. If he were commanding and addressing the things he was creating, the utterance would be redundant, for they were not yet in being, but were about to be made. But no one speaks to what does not exist, nor addresses to what is not yet made a command to be made. For if God were giving a command to the things that were to be, he must have said, Be made, heaven, and be made, earth, and come forth, green herb, and be created, O man. But in fact he did not do so. But he gives the command thus, Let us make man, and let the green herb come forth, by which God is proved to be speaking about them to some one on hand. It follows, then, that some one was with him, to whom he spoke when he made all things. Who then could it be, save his word? For to whom could God be said to speak except his word? Or who was with him when he made all created existence, except his wisdom, which says, When he was making the heaven and the earth, I was present with him. But in the mention of heaven and earth, all created things in heaven and earth are included as well. But being present with him as his wisdom and his word, looking at the Father, he fashioned the universe, and organized it, and gave it order. And, as he is the power of the Father, he gave all things strength to be, as the Saviour says. What things soever I see the Father doing, I also do in like manner. And his holy disciples teach that all things were made through him and unto him, and being the good offspring of him that is good, and true son, he is the Father's power and wisdom and word, not being so by participation, nor as if these qualities were imparted to him from without, as they are to those who partake of him, and who are made wise by him, and receive power and reason in him, but he is the very wisdom, very word, and very power of the Father, very light, very truth, very righteousness, very virtue, and in truth his express image, and brightness, and resemblance, and to sum all up, he is the holy perfect fruit of the Father, and is alone the Son, and unchanging image of the Father. 47. Necessity of a return to the Word, if our corrupt nature is to be restored. 
Who, then, who can declare the Father by number, so as to discover the powers of his word? For like as he is the Father's word and wisdom, so too, condescending to created things, he becomes, to impart the knowledge and apprehension of him that begot him, his very brightness and very life, and the door, and the shepherd, and the way, and king, and governor, and saviour over all, and light, and giver of life, and providence over all. Having then such a son begotten of himself, good and creator, the father did not hide him out of the sight of his creatures, but even day by day reveals him to all by means of the organization and life of all things, which is his work. But in and through him he reveals himself also, as the Saviour says, I in the Father, and the Father in me, so that it follows that the Word is in him that begot him, and that he that is begotten lives eternally with the Father. But this being so, and nothing being outside him, but both heaven and earth and all that is in them is being dependent on him, yet men in their folly have set aside the knowledge and service of him, and honoured things that are not instead of things that are, and instead of the real and true God, deified things that were not, serving the creature rather than the creator, thus involving themselves in foolishness and impiety. For it is just as if one were to admire the works more than the workmen, and being awestruck at the public works in the city, were to make light of their builder, or as if one were to praise a musical instrument, but to despise the man who made and tuned it. Foolish, and sadly disabled in eyesight. For how else had they known the building, or ship, or lyre, had not the ship-builder made it, the architect built it, or the musician fashioned it? As, then, he that reasons in such a way is mad, and beyond all madness, even so affected in mind, I think, are those who do not recognize God or worship his word, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Saviour of all, through whom the Father orders and holds together all things, and exercises providence over the universe. Having faith and piety towards whom, my Christ-loving friend, be of good cheer and of good hope, because immortality and the kingdom of heaven is the fruit of faith and devotion towards him, if only the soul be adorned according to his laws. For just as for them who walk after his example the prize is life everlasting, so for those who walk the opposite way, and not that of virtue, there is great shame, and peril without pardon in the day of judgment, because although they knew the way of truth, their acts were contrary to their knowledge. End of paragraph 47 Recording by Jonathan Lang. End of Contra Gentes by Athanasius of Alexandria.